continue to worship the Lord. Dave, 
I invited Christ into my life at a very young age. I was raised in a Christian family with Christian parents and great Christian grandparents as far back as I know in my family. Um, I've always tried to walk with God. Um, I remember giving to my life, my life to Christ um, when I was about six years old and being baptized when I was 11 and just really trying to live my life for Christ all the way up through elementary and high school and into college and university. Uh, it's been an exciting walk and I'm looking forward to what God has for me in the future. Hi, my name is Raylene, and while I was growing up, I always believed that there was a God. I believed there was a heaven and a hell, but somehow I, I believed that I was not good enough for God to care about me. Funny thing is, I never knew what good enough was. I only knew that I wasn't good enough. No one told me in those growing up years that I mattered to God, that I was loved and valued by Jesus Christ and that he is my Lord and Savior. Hi, my name is Cheryl Jaffray and I received Christ as my Savior in my adult life. Up until the time of that decision, my life was filled with pain and unforgiveness by choices I had made and those in authority over me. My understanding of God was a twisted lie, but praise God, the truth of his love was revealed to me and I want you to know there's no pit deep enough that his arm cannot reach. By his grace, his mercy, and his amazing love, he met me right where I was. He broke the chains that held me in that pit, and that pit is now filled with the truth of his word, and in its place, a beautiful garden is beginning to grow. Hi, my name is Stacy. My parents have been Christians my whole life. I started attending Calvary Temple as a baby. My mom's parents were Christians. I had heard all the stories of how Jesus had died on the cross and rose again to save me from my sins. I had sins. I was raised in a Christian home by Christian parents. But later in life, I finally got it. It wasn't about being raised by a good family. It was about my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as an adult, I finally got it.
I remember when I was very young, I learned that God loves me and I can trust him with everything. I remember always believing God existed, but thinking I had to be so good to earn his love. I remember being lonely and thinking no one really cared about me. I remember as a child being told that God loved me. For some reason, I still doubt it. I thought if he really knew me, he wouldn't love me.
remember my parents telling me that Jesus would always be my best friend. Growing up, I knew that no matter what I went through, God is faithful and he would go through it with me. I remember feeling so burdened down from all my work trying to be good enough. I would work harder, try harder, be better than anybody else, but it was never enough. I remember being so concerned about my friends and what they thought about me. I just wanted to be accepted and loved. I didn't realize the road I was taking was going to cause so much pain.
I remember the testimonies of others who had come to faith and how God had changed their lives. I just couldn't seem to get it. I thought it was because I didn't need changing. I was already a good person. I was raised in a good home by great parents who taught me all about God. That's why I couldn't get it. I couldn't get what God could really do in my life. I was okay already, or so I thought. I remember the first time I heard Jesus died for my sins, that I didn't have to be good enough to earn his love. I can still remember that moment of immense relief. Here I'd been carrying this weight around my neck for all those years. I literally felt like my eyes had been given sight for the very first time.
I remember watching my friends struggle through difficult times without God. I saw them try to compensate with alcohol or other things to try to find peace. Having God in my life and knowing the peace that comes with being able to leave my burdens at the cross was an incredible contrast to what I saw in my friends' lives. I prayed for them to know this peace, to know God's love, and to be free from the burden of their own sin and shame. I remember a friend who came to me when I was at the end of my rope and told me that there was a God that loved me and I was not alone. My friend told me that God knew everything about me, all the horrible things I had ever done, all the people I had ever hurt, all the people who had ever hurt me. And still, God loved me. I couldn't begin to understand why, but I needed help. I needed love. My friend explained to me about Jesus. Dying on the cross, that he did it out of love for me. Could this love really exist?
I remember seeing people take the Lord's Supper at church. I didn't really understand it then, but I could tell it was something very important. I remember reading that Jesus told his best friends, his disciples, that his body would be broken and his blood would be poured out for them, for their sin, for my sin. I remember reading that he washed their feet like he was a servant or a slave. I remember the very moment when I choose, chose to accept this incredible love. He died for me. For the first time in my life, I knew what it felt like to be loved. I remember the first time I realized I was a sinner. A sinner born into a Christian home, raised by wonderful Christian parents. A sinner who grew up in church, but nonetheless, a sinner. The thought of this overwhelmed me with such shame. I should have known. I was given everything, but still didn't get it. I was as guilty as anyone. I needed Jesus to be my savior. I remember that they nailed him to a cross, that he knew it would happen and did it willingly, that he became sin for us. He died for my sin. I remember that he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. He said, Father, forgive them. I remember he died for my sin. For my sin. For my sin. For my sin. Yeah. 
I remember believing he had done this for me. I remember giving up my efforts to earn salvation. I remember trusting him and asking him to come into my life. I remember being amazed that he would forgive me. I remember feeling his kindness, his mercy, his grace, his love. I remember now that I need him every day. I remember what my sin cost him. I remember how faithful he is. And that nothing about me or anything I could ever do makes me deserve what he did.
Well, I just have to read to you some of those words that Pastor Vern just sang to you this morning. The dust was stained a crimson red beneath that rugged tree. The blameless one became our sin to set the prisoner free. A place of punishment and shame now set apart for love's display. The Savior's blood cascading down that hill became sacred ground. The news that we want to share with you this morning is that Jesus died for your sins. One of the things we do in our church once a month is we share in communion. Communion has a way of keeping our memories of salvation alive. I'm going to ask the servers to begin now to pass out the emblems. And let me share with you today that if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to participate with us. After all the emblems are passed out, after everyone has one that we're going to receive together, it doesn't matter what church you belong to, it's not about belonging to a church. It's about knowing Jesus Christ and beginning that walk of faith. If you've done that this morning, we encourage you to participate with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23, down to verse 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. And then he says those words, Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. And again, he says, In remembrance of me. For whenever you drink this, or eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. What Jesus was doing was speaking about our memories. Our memories. And in remembering the death of Jesus, we also find ourselves remembering our own journey to Jesus. And I wonder this morning what your path looks like. I wonder what your story is. I wonder how you came to faith in Jesus. I wonder what path you took. Maybe you're here this morning and you said, and you say, I took that step today while I was seated. I heard the songs. I heard the message and the Holy Spirit began to tug at my heart and right where I was seated, I invited Jesus into my life. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Your path. When my father was in his 70s, later years, even in his 70s, when I would go home to Truro, Nova Scotia for a visit where they were living, it became traditional for us to get in the car and take the 90-mile drive to Milk Cove, Nova Scotia, where my father was raised, down by the ocean, down by Peggy's Cove. And without fail, every time we'd take that drive around the coast, my father would look out, he would spot a rock, just a little, not far from the shoreline. And he'd say, Gary, when the tide goes out, whenever the tide was out, when I was a child, eight years of age and up, I remember playing on that rock. Of course, when the tide came in, you couldn't do it. But he'd always point out that rock. And he'd say, Gary, 
I remember. Memories are special, aren't they? And there's something else my father would tell me as he began to think back. He said, Gary, when I was 30 years of age, I gave my heart to Jesus. My dad told that story to me over and over and over and over again. And every time he shared it was just like the first time. In fact, not only would he speak it out, but he would pen it. Wrote it down, documented every part of his journey to faith in Jesus. And I have a copy of it that I keep dear to me. And it's on in my top dresser drawer. All of us have those special tokens that take us back down memory lane. And, and I pull that little booklet out every once in a while. And I read those nine pages where it describes my father's pathway to salvation. He never forgot what Jesus did for him. He said, Gary, I remember the horrors. Because I was involved in alcohol. I was an alcoholic for many years. The horrors of living that life. But Jesus came in and transformed my life and made me a brand new creature. Oh, there's something special about our memories, isn't it? I remember. That's one of the things that Jesus is doing at communion. He's jarring our memories. I want you to remember. I want you to think back. I want you to recall. The Apostle Paul one time stood before King Agrippa. The story begins in Acts 25 and Acts 26. And he, he had the opportunity to share his story. He said, King Agrippa, I remember what I was like. Before I came to faith in Jesus, oh, I was zealous. I thought I was doing right. I wanted to get rid of these zealous and these radical Christians. I wanted to rid every one of them. So I persecuted them. I was so focused on this, I'd go from synagogue to synagogue, pulling them out and punishing them. In fact, when they were killed for their faith, I would cast the vote and say, yeah, do it. Yeah, I'll kill them. I thought I was doing right. I remember. Persecuting Christians. But then one day, I mean, I was so focused on this, I would travel long, long journeys. I'd go from city to city looking for Christians. I'd persecute them. But one day on the road to Damascus, just like that light shines on me now, there was a much brighter light that began to shine upon the Apostle Paul. And he said, I saw the light. I saw the light of Jesus shone down upon me and I realized I needed Jesus and I gave my heart to the Lord and I went from being Saul the persecutor to Paul the preacher then I began to share Jesus Christ with others I remember the change this morning bread that you hold in your hand reminds us of the body of Jesus that was beaten for us. The juice you hold reminds us of the blood of Jesus that was given for us. It's my privilege this morning to serve communion to the four of you as our speakers today.
to say to you as speakers, as you shared, you shared your story. You shared your path to this congregation and also to us, how you came to faith in the Lord. And each one of your paths is different, but the destination is the same. Many rows, but leads to the cross of Jesus where you accepted the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. And I believe that people that are seated before you, before me, can identify with those stories. There's some here that can identify with your story. They hit home to them. And your story, your story. And I want you to know that your story had impact on people. Those lives are being changed this morning because of you sharing your story. And I want to encourage you, never stop sharing your story. And I pray that you'll never forget this moment. One year, two years, ten years down the road, you'll come back to this point and say, I shared my story with these people. They heard my story. And just keep telling it. God wants you to remember it over and over again. So as you take the bread in your hand, I invite you to eat it with me the entire congregation with me as well. And then the cup you hold reminds you of the blood of Jesus that was spilled for you. And he said this do in remembrance of me. Let's drink together the rest of us as well. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Aren't you grateful that it didn't stop there? He went all the way to the cross, to the grave. The Bible says the lower depths of the earth for us. When they put him in a tomb, they seal it up the best way they knew how. But the stone began to rumble and jar and the stone began to be rolled away and up from the grave Jesus Christ rose and that's the story of Easter that's why it's the most celebrated day of the, of the Christian calendar the tomb is empty and Jesus Christ is alive and we want to share with you a last song and it's entitled crown him with many many crowns
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We give you worship. We give you praise. We celebrate you, Lord. We celebrate your life today, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for this great day. And Lord, may this be the first day. As we go our separate ways and begin another week, I pray, God, we go with this sense of victory. May we see that the tomb is empty. And may we cry out to Jesus knowing that he is alive, that he is on the throne, and we can worship him, we can adore him, we can call upon his name no matter where we are. And his ears are open and he hears the cries of the righteous. Thank you, Lord that we can celebrate you, we can talk about you, we can share our stories. And I pray, Lord, none of us would ever again be the same because of what you have done this morning. Seeds have been sown. The word of God has been declared. We have received. Now, Lord, may we give it out. May we share our stories with somebody else so somebody else can experience the resurrected Jesus in their life. Thank you, God, for our friends and visitors that... We're with us this morning. May your hand be upon them. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Have a great Easter. Don't forget to share your story with somebody else. If you're here this morning, you need someone to talk to about your Christian faith or you want prayer, see us at the front. We'll remain here to talk to you. God bless you. Have a great, great week.